I've listened to the whispers, haven't you? To the lies that are told you about you. I bought into those lies when I was young. I was sure that there were certain things I had to do or be in order to be loved or accepted, in order to be successful. I bought the lie. That's why I was such a good undercover investigator. All I had to do was lie all the time. You get into that habit and pretty soon there's no destination that's impossible for you because everything is a lie. Until I came to know Jesus. And at that point in time, the whisperers went away. The lies dissolved. What lie have you believed in your life? What lie are your children now listening to that might take them in a wrong direction? Let me give you five examples of multiple types of lies. The first one is this. You are what you do. We'll talk about that one today. The second one, compare yourself to others. You're not that bad. Be perfect and you will be loved. Change your identity and people will accept you. And the fifth one, you know what's best. These are the five lies that we're going to deal with over the next five weeks. The whispers that are there that try to redirect you. Try to redirect <clears throat> your children in places they shouldn't go. This is very important stuff and they're all intertwined. They're subtle differences among these five. So don't miss a Sunday because it may be one of the lies that you have bought into or a loved one has bought into that needs to be dispelled in order for you to have that relationship with God that he wants you to have. Let's pray. Lord, thank you for your word that sets us free. Thank you, Jesus, that there is no other name. Thank you, Lord, that you will teach us to hear your voice to distinguish between what you have to say to us and the lies that are forced upon us day in and day out. So help us this day, Lord, we pray in your name. Amen. His name was Frank Abagnale. I don't know if any of you would recognize that name. I didn't until I tied it together with a movie. A movie that came out in 2002 called Catch Me If You Can. You remember that one? It had Leonardo DiCaprio playing the part of Frank Abagnale and Tom Hanks playing the FBI agent. Abagnale was a young man when he started his exploits. He was 17 years old. It was the late 1960s. He was arrested once. He spent two years in jail. He was arrested again in 1971, spent another two years in jail. But while there, he wrote a book. And he talked about all of his exploits, how he had been a lawyer down in Louisiana, how he had been a doctor, how he had been an airplane pilot, and how he had forged over $2 million in checks. He was the ultimate con man. 
the ultimate whisperer. He believed that who he was was equal to what he had done, so he wrote about it. A movie was made about it. He was on the Johnny Carson show, other great and famous shows. In 2021, a scientific investigator began studying this and went back and met with people who had known him and discovered that the greatest majority of everything he wrote about himself being a con man was in fact a con. He didn't do any of those things. He did tiny little smatterings of them, but then he expanded it, making people believe. He was the ultimate con man, conning people into believing he was a con man. I mean, that's amazing to me. But that's the distance that you can take yourself when you believe the whispers. When, when someone says to you, listen, your value in life, your meaning in life, your likability in life, it all depends on what you do. You're not equal to what you do in the eyes of God. God didn't create you to use you to accomplish something for him. He created you because he loves you. And that love has been shown to us through Jesus Christ. So let's start right there. That the whispers that are telling you that it's important what you do because that signifies who you are. Those are lies. It is important what you do. But that doesn't identify you. It never has and it never will. So don't go around boasting about what you do. If you want to boast, listen to what the book of Jeremiah says in the ninth chapter. This is what the Lord says. Let not the wise boast of their wisdom or the strong boast of their strength or the rich boast of their riches. But let the one who boasts boast about this that they have the understanding to know me, that I am the Lord who exercises kindness, justice, and righteousness on earth. For in these I delight, declares the Lord. What you do is important to you. It's important to your family. It's important to the community. It's important in the church. We're not saying that that is not true. What I'm saying is that God says, don't boast in what you do, boast in me. Boast in the Lord Jesus Christ. Be careful not to measure yourself by what you do. There was a university dean who was starting a new semester and he brought his faculty together and he said to them, I do not want you to measure the students based on their grades. And of course, the faculty sitting there thinking, well, what else would we base it on? if it's not on their grades. And he said, because of this, the A students more than likely will come back and be professors on the same faculty. But the C students will come and build a new science center. Why? Because they're not being measured by their grades, but by their abilities, their calling. And that's how God measures us. He knows what he wants us to be. He's given each one of us a sphere in life, a, a location to be, a ballpark to play in. 
He's put us in there, and inside this sphere, he's given each of you a task, sometimes more than one task. But those tasks are all about producing fruit fit for his kingdom. So we have a sphere, and we have a task. And that task, he'll give you the gifts to produce the fruit that helps the kingdom of God grow. So it's not about you and me, and I'll do the best I can do with his power and his strength and his help to accomplish what he's given me to do, but I'm not measured by that, because some days I do it well, and some days I don't do well at all, but my father loves me no matter how I do it, as long as I'm boasting in him, as long as I'm thanking him, as long as I'm depending upon him for the things that I need. When I first became a believer, having come out of that world of whispers and lies, my pastor said to me, you've moved from Robin Hood to Friar Tuck. You've gone from that world of lies and living that way into a journey of truth. But he said, those lies are going to still pop up in your life, and you have to be able to negotiate that. He's given me the sphere of ministry, and one of my tasks is preaching. Now, I am definitely not the best preacher I've ever heard, and I'm not the worst preacher I've ever heard. I should have gotten an amen from that part, you know what I'm saying? (laughs) Well, there's one person who agrees. All right. But... There is a way that I use the gifts that God has given me to bring him the glory that he needs. I don't boast about preaching because my identity is apart from my calling. So who am I? I'm a child of God. You're children of God if you love Jesus Christ. I'm a husband before I'm a pastor. I'm a father before I'm a pastor. I'm a grandfather before I'm a pastor. But then I am a pastor. It's one of those tasks given me in my sphere. But I don't boast about any of those because all of those exist in me simply because of him. It's only because of God that I can continue to do what God has called me to do. He keeps me humble. And that's something we need because when you lose humility, that little whisper starts on your shoulder. And it starts to tell you how good you are and you believe your press. And once you start believing it, watch out because pride comes before the fall. Back in August, we were in the midst of a series we had entitled Romans 8. A great chapter of the Bible, one of the greatest Pastor Allen and others and I had been preaching through that, and I had preached the previous Sunday. I had one more to go. I was so excited about it. It was on that famous passage that all things work together for the good of those who are the called according to the purpose of God. I, you know, I even memorized it. I was ready. Pastor Allen came back from Ireland on Thursday. I called him Friday morning. I said, I have COVID. I won't be there Sunday. He said, that's Okay. I'll preach. I'll just take the same passage you had and I'll preach it. 
And I knew that would be fine. So I rested on Saturday. On Sunday, I was in bed. I had my computer, and I, I opened it up, and I watched the service, and I listened to the message and watched it. And when I finished, I had a talk with God. I said, now, God, listen to me. <laughs> I said, uh, he preached pretty much the same message I was going to preach. He said, I know. I said, it, it was really good. He said, I know. I said, but I didn't get to preach it. He said, I know. And then it hit me. It didn't matter who preached it. See, because Pastor Allen, Pastor Aaron, Pastor Josh, me, Pastor Eric, anybody else who speaks on behalf of the Lord, we are nothing more than messengers. There's nothing about me or any of the rest of us that lifts us up above you. We are you. We are the same as you, but we have a sphere and we have a task. And that task is to bring a message from God that God has given us to give to you. So don't shoot the messenger. <laughs> but never let the messenger lift himself up as though there's something special about him. God doesn't have special people. He has children. And we are all equally special to him, not because of what we do but because of who he is. I get really excited over that because God's timing is perfect. God knows what God is doing. So we need to let him do it. And so I praised God. Now, there are four kinds of preachers and there are four kinds of audiences. There's a preacher who can give a great message and he can deliver it well. He has something to say and he says it well. People are going to come because the Holy Spirit will bring them to hear that because that's coming from God. There's the preacher who has a great message, but he can't really deliver it that well. And they'll still come because they want to hear the word of God. But then you have the one who really doesn't have anything to say, but he says that so well. And you're enamored by his oratory skills. So regardless of the fact that you leave with nothing, you still want to hear him. But then there's that person you don't want to be who has nothing to say and says it poorly. Nobody's going to keep coming. So God has given a task to each of us. Our task is to have God's great word given in a great way that you will absorb it, that we will grow from it, and that we will be achieving the task that he's given us to do. So there are two simple instructions for you this morning on how to shut down a whisper that's telling you that you are equal to what you do. Boast of God's work in you. Keep pushing through. Never quit. Don't give up. Don't listen to that lie that, well, you're not good enough to do this, so therefore you're not good enough because what you do is who you are. I've been doing this for 44 years and I'm still being refined. I'm still understanding that I haven't arrived. I'm not there. I'm not the great one. I don't want to be. I was in seminary with a young man that we called the preacher 
because whenever he was given the privilege to speak, we all went to hear him because he was so fabulous. We knew he would go on to be the next Billy Graham. And we came to the time where you, you preach before your own student body and the professors judge your preaching. And he gave an eloquent message. And afterwards, one of the professors came up to the podium and he stood there and he complimented him. He said, what a great delivery. What? And he went on and on and we're all sitting there just, yeah, okay, we know it. He's so good. He's so good. <laughs> and then the professor said, I only had one small problem, just one. Your message had absolute, absolutely nothing to do with the text. And we all just looked. This guy's head went down and his pride went down with it. And he changed immediately from that time forward in seminary. He was a totally different person. Because you see, he had bought that lie that he was the preacher. He was what he did. But all it needed was one word to put him back where he needed to be. And God wants that word to be his word. Listen to what he says when Paul writes in Philippians... He says, I want to know Christ. Yes, to know the power of his resurrection and participation in his sufferings, becoming like him in his death, and so somehow attaining to the resurrection from the dead. So that's Paul's desire. Paul wants to accomplish that. But then he makes an admission. He says, not that I've already obtained all this. Or I've already arrived at my goal, but I press on. Remember, don't quit. I press on to take hold of that for which Christ Jesus took hold of me. Brothers and sisters, I do not consider myself yet to have taken hold of it, but one thing I do, forgetting what is behind and straining forward to what is ahead. That's what God's saying to you this morning. So forgetting the lies that you've been told, receiving the word of God into your heart, knowing how God is working in you because he placed in you his Holy Spirit to gift you to accomplish the tasks in your sphere. So that's what God wants to accomplish. So you have to keep pushing forward. Here's how Paul ends it. He says, so I press on toward the goal to win the prize for which God has called me heavenward in Christ Jesus. Press on. Don't stop. He speaks to you every day. Do you hear him? He speaks through his word. Do you open it? He says to you, who can you help today that is in need of help? Are you finding those people and helping them? God says that we are to be like Jesus. Now think about him for a moment. The whispers that he heard came from the father of lies, Satan. Satan tempted him and said, why don't you do this? Why don't you do this? Why don't you do this? It's the same voice you and I are hearing that's not coming from God. What did Jesus do? He took the word of God right back against the lies. So you have to open the word of God, learn the word of God, absorb it in you, so that when those lies come, you can say, no, I don't believe that. That's not true. Because my God says... 
So that's how you work with what is in you. He has equipped you, but you need to take advantage of it. You're the one who has to open it and read it. You're the one who has to say, now what am I supposed to do with this, God? And he will dispel all of those lies that make you think you are equal to what you do. Jesus dispelled the lies, and what he did saved us. But what he did is not who he is. He is the Son of God. He is the Savior, the Redeemer. He is the only one whose name has the power to save us. That's who he is apart from what he did. So even the Savior does not identify himself by what he did, but by who he is. Never let that get out of your mind. Don't identify yourself with what you do, but with who he is. He is our salvation. So boast in how he works in you. And then secondly, boast in how he works through you. Never reserve praise for yourself. Don't think that you were God's only way to accomplish something. He will accomplish it however he chooses to do it. Listen to this quote. It should be true that a person's life rather than their lips should do all the boasting. And that is boasting about what God is doing through you. So when someone says, how are you doing? You should be able to say, well, this is what I'm doing for the Lord and he's allowing me to do it and I want to give him praise for it. All praise goes to the Lord in every situation in your life. One last example. Remember when Daniel, the prophet, was in Babylon and Nebuchadnezzar was the king and he needed something deciphered and Daniel said to him, Nebuchadnezzar, this is what's going to happen to you. You're going to just come upon a hard time because you're boasting so much about yourself and you believe so much about the fact that you are what you do, that God's going to take your kingdom away from you. He's going to send you out to eat grass for seven years. That's not something I look forward to. I don't even like to cut grass, let alone eat it. <laughs> well, that's what he said. Well, things rapidly changed in his life. And here's what the Bible says happened. All this happened to King Nebuchadnezzar 12 months later. As the king was walking on the roof of the royal palace of Babylon, he said, Is not this the great Babylon I have built as the royal residence by my mighty power and for the glory of my majesty? Well, at that, he was sent out to eat grass. Verse 34, at the end of that time, seven years later, I, Nebuchadnezzar, raised my eyes toward heaven, and my sanctity was restored. Then I praised the Most High. I honored and glorified him who lives forever. I really like that part because I think I've experienced that. My sanity was restored. When you listen to the lies, you're crazy. It's stupid because it's not truth. 
But when you listen to the Lord, it's absolute, unequivocally, the true word of God. So here's some things that you need to do. You need to define your sphere. Where does God have you? Where has he placed you? Think about that. As a husband, a wife, as a father, a grandfather, as a single person, you know, where has God placed you? What is your sphere? And then secondly, praise God for your calling inside that sphere. Whatever it is that he's called you to do, he's the one who's put you there. Stop complaining. Figure out how it is that you're supposed to glorify him in the midst of that sphere with that particular calling. What does that mean? It means examine your life. You see, the first one is telling you where you are. The second one's telling you what you are. And this one's saying how you're doing where you are with what you have. The next one is then, through prayer and obedience, silence the whisperers. Do not listen to the lies. Overcome them by the power of the Holy Spirit who lives within you. And repent of believing the lies. If someone has told you those lies, forgive them, but repent of believing them. And then lastly, boast only in the Lord. Boast in him. At 17, I was told, you'll never amount to much by my high school counselor. Don't go to college. Just join the military or get a job in a factory. What a lie. If I had lived that lie, that's where I'd be today. But God had a different plan. I was moving in the wrong sphere. I was accomplishing the wrong tasks. I was listening to the whispers who said what you do is who you are. Stop listening to that. Let's pray. Lord, help us as we discern our lives in your presence. Help us, Lord, by speaking into us through that still small voice that moves in us through your Holy Spirit. Speak to us through your word as we open it to read it. Tell us the truth, Lord, for that truth will set us free. And if there are any of us here who are still trapped in the lies, Help us get the help needed to move away from that, Lord, to no longer be addicted to untruth. Thank you, Lord, that you accomplished your task and that we are in your sphere and that you love us so much. We praise you for that, Lord, in Jesus' name. Amen. Now, as Pastor Eric mentioned, next week is the Big Give Sunday. And we're hoping that it will be an expression that is uh, an amazing expression of God's generosity through you. Maybe the biggest Give Sunday we've ever had. So come prepared for that. And if you do have your commitment cards, uh, we have the boxes here on both sides of the platform. And I think there's one outside in the uh, lobby. Feel free to place your commitment cards in those two. God bless you. Have a great week. And we'll see you next Sunday.